Okay, now, where were we on this Bitcoin or this Ethereum ETF application news? Holy cow. Okay, so we are going to have more of these. And what's interesting, James Serford, also over at Bloomberg, working in the ETF space. These are like the ETF nerd dudes. We've referenced James and Eric a few times here on the channel. These dudes are the ETF nerds. It's what they do. Okay, these guys, these big brain ETF guys, they are the ones who are saying we have a 75% chance of a Bitcoin spot ETF application this year, a 95% chance of it happening next year if it doesn't come through. Okay, so now we have this application. What's interesting, what's interesting, both of these spot ETF filings, so the Ethereum spot ETF filing, they talk about the regulated CME market, essentially arguing the same thing that the Bitcoin ETF applications are arguing. So realistically, if the markets are okay for a Bitcoin ETF, spot ETF, they're okay for an Ethereum ETF. Because the main argument that the SEC lost against Grayscale was, well, you can't trust the price data. You see all these crypto exchanges like Coinbase, all kinds of fraud and manipulation going on there. But judge turned around and said, hey, wait a second. You know all those Bitcoin futures products you approved? Don't they use the exact same price feeds? And it's like, ah, oh, gotcha. Well, they, they get them. And the SEC doesn't have a leg to stand on in terms of that argument anymore. They've lost. The only thing they could possibly come up with now would be custody. Well, the custody is just not good enough. You know, even though companies like the NASDAQ and stuff are going to start doing are going to start doing custody and all that sort of stuff. But the custody is not good enough. That could be the only argument, really, the SEC could probably pull out at this point because everything else has been thrown out. And that would be the argument. Well, we see we can have futures products because you can trade paper because there's no underlying asset. But if real products, oh, what's going to happen to those? Can't trust custody. I don't know if the SEC is going to go that route, but um, definitely is a interesting conversation point, I think, here, whenever it comes to these um, spot ETF filings. Yeah, we'll see. But it is big news. Um, I wanted to share this with you. See, Ethereum spot ETFs, the math, much like the Bitcoin spot ETF math is insane. And these ETF products could be the spark for the next major market cycle because they're going to bring in so much traditional finance money. Remember, we got 20 to 30 billion dollars estimated to come into bitcoin what if it's five billion or four billion into ethereum that is a major amount of market moving money so right now we have about 27 million eth sitting in the staking contract that eth is basically locked up for a while if all that eth wanted to exit it would take over two years for them to get out of the staking contract okay we have 14 million eth left on exchanges right now mm-hmm and if we have a few billion dollars, just a casual few billion dollars entering from the traditional finance space, yikes, things can get real crazy real fast. Holy cow. Holy cow. You know. It just, the numbers are so insane when you start to look at them. And I know right now we have a lot of macro fears in the markets and what are we going to do if there's a recession and what's going on with corporate real estate and what's going on with all these companies refinancing, increasing bankruptcies and all that kind of stuff. I get it. I get it. But even if these products are released and there's not some mega Uber bull market immediately following that, the fact that these products even get released 
is going to set the rails for a major mega Uber bull market when macro conditions change, rates start getting cut, inflation is definitively down for a while, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Still, though, I think that an Ethereum spot ETF becomes a very interesting proposition for a lot of traditional finance guys because you can essentially buy Ethereum. Basically, at that point, it would be like buying a tech stock. You buy Ethereum, it's got a huge stock buyback program, perpetual stock buyback program, which is the Ethereum burns. And if you want to get access to basically everything in Web3, right now, one of your best bets on that is probably Coinbase. But as soon as we have an Ethereum ETF, see, Bitcoin, digital gold, store value, that's the great narrative right there. Ethereum spot ETFs, NFTs, DeFi, stablecoins, gaming, metaverse, digital IDs, meme coins, just the economics of Ethereum itself. And you're going to get a staking reward for these spot Ethereum ETFs. So you get cash money paid back in hand or maybe something else. Maybe they actually reinvest those staking rewards. We shall see. But definitely very exciting news to see coming forward. Now, before we get into the Bitcoin news and the big altcoin news of the day, just a reminder, we are still running that 50% discount on the Mastering Crypto Trading course. So if you are a beginner in crypto and you want to learn how to trade, well, trading and investing, two different skills, right? But if you want to learn about trading, if you want to just be able to make better decisions in your investing by learning how to look at charts, learning how to read the major indicators, support and resistance lines, major moving averages, MACD lines, RSI lines, how to read and interpret head and shoulders patterns, double bottom patterns, this kind of stuff, how to take profits, so on and so forth. This is the course for you. We've designed it for beginners to come in and basically start with zero knowledge. And by the end of the course, you will confidently be able to navigate the crypto trading world, to navigate and know your way around a chart and hopefully use that chart to inform your investing and trading decisions. Now, as an introductory offer, because we've just released this, we're running a 50% discount on this. So normally it's going to be $397 for the course. Right now it's $198. That offer only lasts until Monday. So if you want to get involved in that, use the link in the description and you can take part of that offer right now. So go and check it out. Okay, let's talk about Bitcoin. So our old buddy, Bitcoin. Also sitting at major, major support right now. The whole crypto market's just been moving sideways. Four weeks now sitting at major, major support. Of course, around 26, 25 to 26 thousand dollars. This is the key area. Of course, a further breakdown if we had our worst September ever, our worst September ever was around a 19% loss. And that was back in 2014, I think, which was a bear market year, by the way. But anyway, that was about a 20% loss. That could bring us back down to $20,000 if the worst of September plays out and all these macro stories pile up on top of one another. But still, we're looking at a potential double bottom if we can bounce from sport here. But we need to have some kind of wind put in the sails of the market. That's what we need now. That's what we need now. Will we get it? Don't know. But October, mid-October is the next deadline for Bitcoin spot ETFs. We'll see. And remember, I would say with this too, with the whole ETF equation, they're probably not going to announce on deadline day. It's going to be some random Tuesday morning and there's going to be a small press release which will blow up the markets. That's how it'll happen. Doesn't mean it's going to happen for the next deadline. Not necessarily. 
The SEC might simply out of spite know they have to approve them, know that now is the time, and drag it out for as long as humanly possible and not approve a single spot Bitcoin ETF until March, just to spite everyone because they lost in court, because they're petty. Wouldn't surprise me. Now, let's break down this, this uh, Bitcoin accounting story. Now, at, BT, at the BTC therapist over here on X, I think broke the story down really well. So we're going to reference him here for that. But basically, the FASB is a uh, accounting standards board. And they have just voted in favor of giving fair value accounting for Bitcoin. Now, this is potentially really big news because it could invite a lot of corporate money into Bitcoin. Now, fair value accounting is a financial accounting method that measures the actual or the estimated value of an asset or liability in a free market where both the buyer and the seller agree on the market price. Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies were previously categorized as an intangible asset and would be recorded at the price paid and written down for impairment, loss, but never written up when they appreciate in value. AKA, cryptocurrencies from an accounting purpose were being treated unfairly for corporations. MicroStrategies had to deal with that for years. Old mate Michael Saylor has been lobbying for that for a while and of course now we see it happening so what is the implication of this well it means that now corporations have a lot more clarity when it comes to being able to buy bitcoin and put it on their balance sheets you see microstrategy is an early pioneer and they found out when they were pioneering that holy crap we are missing a lot of like infrastructure legally for this kind of stuff and the existing rules that we do have are incoherent, not favorable, not fair. And then we're going to change that. MicroStrategy is working very hard to educate uh, regulators and corporations on, well, adopting a Bitcoin standard for corporate treasuries. And what's interesting, here are, um, here's, here's the equation. There's a lot of money sitting in a lot of hands of corporate treasuries right now. Uh, seven of the 10 largest companies by market cap right now are tech or energy-based companies. Apple, Microsoft, Saudi Aramco. I mean, Saudi's been getting more into cryptocurrencies. And I know Oman's not Saudi Arabia, right? But they just launched a billion-dollar Bitcoin mine. Uh, we've seen neighbors, the UAE, passing all kinds of sweeping crypto regulations. It's only a matter of time before someone like Saudi looks at that as well. Google, of course, massive company, Amazon, massive company, NVIDIA, Tesla, which already has Bitcoin on its balance sheet, and maybe they'll add more now with better uh, accounting standards put out. And uh, Facebook, of course, and then number nine, Berkshire Hathaway is not going to buy Bitcoin, okay? They're the uh, eighth biggest company by market cap right now. Old man Buffett's not buying Bitcoin, okay, guys? Berkshire Hathaway, no Bitcoin for those guys. Eli Lilly? Probably not as well. They're a drug company, but hey, you never know. You never know. I would not be blown away if that were to happen, but I, I can see the tech companies really doing it. Someone like Apple, who people at Apple, Tim Cook, CEO of Apple, he likes Bitcoin. He knows about Bitcoin. He's not like, you know, head, head in the sand here or anything. 
maybe this will be the the moment where they go, hey, maybe it's time we get some Bitcoin. And as we can see, these companies have a lot of cash on hand. So five companies alone, that's Alphabet, Microsoft, Amazon, Apple, and Facebook, have $40 billion in cash. 40 billion bucks in cash. Wait, no, I read that wrong. My apologies. $408 billion in cash. Slightly different number. <laughs> Only 10 times as much. Yo. And the crazy thing is, we've, we've done all the numbers here for, you know, the big asset managers and all these different players, right? Now, if we saw even 1% of that money would be pretty significant. You see, 1% of that cash, just 1%, would be as much as MicroStrategy has invested into Bitcoin. And we see the impact that that has had. Just 1% of these five companies putting their money into Bitcoin, just 1% buys as much as MicroStrategy bought. That is the impact of corporate money potentially getting in to the Bitcoin game here. So that's pretty damn big stuff, if you ask me. Now let's talk a little bit more about Bitcoin ETF news. Great news, by the way, on this accounting standard stuff. I know it feels a bit sort of like non-concrete as a regular investor. And this stuff doesn't really affect us. Uh, it's for more for the corporate side, right? But it does affect us if corporations start buying up the bags, man. Now we're going to have Apple and BlackRock fighting over the Bitcoin scraps that are left on exchanges. That feels bullish to me, personally. Uh, the CIO of Valkyrie is predicting that a U.S. Bitcoin spot ETF will be live by 2024 and that it could 10x, 10x the price on institutional interest. Uh, by the way, Michael uh, Matchlock in the chat here pointing out that Ricardo Salinas, who is the third richest man in Mexico, has revealed his investing portfolio. It's pretty gosh darn interesting. So he owns Bitcoin, he owns MicroStrategy, he owns uh, Bitcoin mining stocks, and he owns, if I remember right, it was oil companies, maybe gold, I think just oil companies. But pretty interesting how deep his, this is what he said, this is all that he owns investment-wise. And that's super fascinating because it means he's super deep into Bitcoin. He owns Bitcoin, he owns Bitcoin mining stocks, and he owns MicroStrategy stock, which is basically an asymmetric bet on the future of Bitcoin because MicroStrategy has basically become a proxy stock for Bitcoin. Super interesting. See what mega, mega rich and influential people are doing with their cash. And that's just one billionaire, just one billionaire. What happens when the Bitcoin ETF is launched and the green light for institutions comes and they finally have the confidence to go, holy crap, we can buy Bitcoin. We can invest in Bitcoin. Finally. Here's a bit of math for you. So in Canada, the Purpose Bitcoin ETF has 24,000 BTC in it. Still, after all the chaos and mayhem of the markets, still there. The Evolve ETF, these are all Canadian Bitcoin ETFs. By the way, the Canadians are allowed to have Bitcoin ETFs, but Americans are not. So much freedom, guys. So much freedom. <laughs> so much freedom. You can be tired of being free with all that freedom from the SEC. 
Galaxy ETF, 6KBTC, 3IQ, 2KBTC, Fidelity, 2KBTC. So total, in total, there's 39,000 Bitcoin currently sitting with Canadian Bitcoin ETFs. Now, what is interesting is that Canada is just 2% of the global equity market share. They're a baby, a baby in terms of global equity markets. The USA, of course, is the big boy. 52% of global equity markets are in the USA. Now, it's 25x more money in US markets. Now, it's not to say that, therefore, US markets are going to be by 25x as much Bitcoin, but they could. They could. And you got to remember, it's not just the Bitcoin ETF. This is the thing you always need to realize with these conversations is it's not just the Bitcoin ETF we're talking about here. Because the Bitcoin ETF, it's this huge wild card of demand. When it gets approved, holy cow, we could see literally hundreds of thousands of Bitcoin being vacuumed up off of uh, exchanges. But then what about the corporations? What if Apple sees this FSA, FASB story and goes, damn, we should buy 10,000 Bitcoin. Maybe we should buy 25,000. Let's just do it. It's only going to be 1% of our cash anyway. Regular buyers, you and me, we are now outstripping the ability of miners to supply the market. So regular uh, buyers, that's everybody from, you know, 10 bucks worth of Bitcoin up to like 10 Bitcoin. Those cohorts of buyers are now significantly outstripping the monthly supply created by miners during these kind of market conditions, which is incredible. So you think about all that, and then the Bitcoin halving is only, it's what, seven, eight months away? Daily supply creation drops by half. It's pretty crazy. These are crazy numbers we're talking about here. This is how the next market cycle gets kick-started. But it's not going to happen overnight. I wish it would happen overnight, just so everybody be excited again and feel good again. But we have to wait. We have to be patient. That's just the reality of how these markets work. It'd be great to see irrational exuberance coming back onto our timelines really soon. But I think we still have a lot of macro fears to work out, to be honest, and we still have a lot of other issues that we need to get through before we can have smooth sailing in the markets again. It'll come, though. It'll come, though. Now, let's dive in a bit more to, well, altcoin slash more general crypto news. And this one's pretty interesting. It was shared by Wu Blockchain. So Southeast Asia's largest Uber-like app called Grab adds a Web3 crypto wallet. Grab has 180 million users. That's pretty damn crazy. Currently, apparently, the Polygon wallet is being supported. Shout out to Polygon and Matic holders. Once again, massive partnership that because we're in a bear market, nobody gives a crap about, but will eventually have a massive impact. Massive impact. Now, you got to think. 180 million people potentially getting a Web3 wallet. And we've seen huge adoption rates right across Southeast Asia. People in Indonesia love crypto. People in the Philippines love crypto. People in Thailand love crypto. People in Singapore love crypto. The revolution will not be stopped. And we've seen these big players, these big, big players here that are launching crypto applications within their existing applications, basically expanding services and new technology out to their new user bases. Now, it reminds me, there was a, a car ride sharing app that has like 20 million users or something in Brazil. They launched a uh, Bitcoin wallet. Now we see here a 
another ride share, or this is a, you know, another ride share company uh, launching a Web3 wallet again. But this one's bigger, 180 million users. What? That's crazy. Now, how many are going to use it? How many are going to use it immediately? How many might just use their own crypto wallets or don't want to use it? Whatever. There's a lot of things here. But my guess is that you're rolling out a Web3 wallet. So how long until you see stablecoin payments? How long until you see NFTs where it's like, hey, you know, you've been, gone on 10 rides with us. Here's a free NFT. And, you know, 10 cents of Matic in order to pay for your gas fees. You'll move that from point A to point B or so on and so forth. Oh, hey, here's an NFT discount coupon for 10% that you can keep or you can trade to somebody. You see the use case potential here? How it actually gets people wanting to participate in using this Web3 wallet in an existing app. I mean, look, if Uber came out tomorrow and said we're launching a Bitcoin and Web3 wallet with NFT functionality and all stuff on Polygon, people would probably be a lot more excited. But because it's in Asia and it's, you know, only got 180 million users. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I think that's a great story. I think it's a great story for adoption. Just we've seen so many of these big stories. You know, the X app's going to bring in 40 million people. PayPal's going to bring in 40 million people, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So many big stories happening over the past few months. And I know the price has not reacted at all, but it's still pretty incredible. Now, I like this uh, map here shared from Coinbase. They said 83% of G20 members in major financial hubs have made progress toward regulatory clarity for crypto. That's incredible, isn't it? That's really, really, really incredible. But the USA, the leader of global financial markets, nothing. Nothing except basically a campaign of harassment and terrorism for U.S. companies. If you're launching a company in the USA related to crypto, you're crazy. If you're a developer in the USA, get out. The, the regulatory environment couldn't be any more hostile in America right now. I know that we've had some great victories for the cryptocurrency industry, but those court battles should have never had to have happened in the first place. They happened simply because the USA has failed to pass any regulation and they've given the SEC the green light to regulate through lawsuit, basically, which is a terrible, terrible way to do things. Yeah, we'll just sue everybody. And a lot of people will just settle because they can't afford millions of dollars of legal fees to fight us in court. The ones that can are probably going to win, like XRP did and Grayscale did. But it's a massive burden on those companies, too. The time, the energy, the effort. Man, crazy stuff. And here we have today, of course, not just the SEC. It's all alphabet soup organizations in the USA. The CFTC today announced enforcement actions against DeFi protocols, particularly against 0x, Open, and Deradex, which I've only heard of Open, actually, Deradex and 0x. I've not heard of, but anyway, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. So they are charged with failing to register as a swap execution facility or designated contract market for failing to register as a futures commission merchant, failing to adopt a customer identification program as the Bank Secrecy Compliance Act requires. Holy cow. And they're charged illegally offering leveraged and margined retail commodity transactions and digital assets. Dude. Dude. CFTC. They're out here. They're coming. They're coming for U.S. developers. I mean, honestly, I hate to say it, but if you're a U.S. 
uh, if you're any kind of crypto company anywhere in the world, the best thing you could do would be to geoblock all Americans from your services. And if you are a US-based developer or development team or company, GTFO, man, go to Dubai, go to Hong Kong, go to Singapore, get out before they come knocking because they will. It's crazy. It's crazy that this policy is basically ensuring that the United States will not be the leader of the Web3 revolution. They've already basically made that clear and other countries have already picked up the mantle and are running with it, whether it be France or the UK, or the UAE or Hong Kong or Singapore or a lot of other countries that are all passing common sense legislation because they want the business, they want developers, they want the rich crypto bros to come to their countries and spend money and tax them and all that kind of stuff. Super short-sighted, super short-sighted on the policy front here from uh, the USA. And even like, even when it comes down to stable coins, you know, again, I know we've talked about this before, but I just, I just feel like it's just the dumbest thing that America could have done because had they been the most vocal and ardent supporters of stable coins, they could have extended the US dollar's dominance indefinitely, but they didn't do it. In fact, they've very much done the opposite. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep, or doodles. Anyway, I want to share this one with you too before we open up for some, some questions. Crypto whale, a crypto whale has lost $24 million in staked Ethereum to a phishing attack. Oh my God, that's a bad day. I just, imagine having, just waking up and everything is gone. Obviously, I hope that this person had more than their $24 million. Uh, they have, you know, you have that much in sitting in staked Ethereum. I hope you have $100 million, and this is just a, a big, fat loss that hurts. Ay, 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 ay. Anyway. Um, yeah. So apparently he clicked on a phishing link. That phishing link had an increase allowance approval, basically that allowed for these... assets to be stolen and it drives me crazy you know because we are still definitely at the, this shouldn't this shouldn't be able to happen and i know right now and if you're using crypto i just want to point out if you're using crypto right now you are a pioneer in many ways if you're doing anything more than just buying bitcoin and putting it on your cold wallet i mean even then it's problems people lose their passphrases and stuff and but you're probably the safest thing you could do. But man, the amount of crap that happens, the amount of hacks on DeFi platforms, the amount of just dumb stuff where you just, you're busy or whatever, and you're just pop, 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 And oh my God, all my crypto is gone. One tiny mistake and everything's gone. It's rough because these scammers, they know that they, can target people with these kind of phishing attacks and stuff like this. And it will be something that they can get away with most times because we're not always as careful as we should be. And, you know, we interact with contracts we shouldn't be interacting with. Come on. We've all, we've all, we've all been there. We've all known that girl, you know, the one that, the one that, you know, you know, you shouldn't get involved with. And then, oh, the crazy happens. Well, that's like, you know, that's like taking your your wallet and sticking it in all kinds of places. Gonna get in trouble eventually, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, anyway, pouring out for this poor crypto whale. That's brutal, man. That's brutal. And 
yeah, I mean, like I said, I hope this guy has $100 million net worth and it didn't really matter for him. And that wasn't like every penny in existence. And of course, a word of warning for you, if you do have a significant amount of Ethereum or any asset, to be honest, don't keep it all in one single address. You know, if you have $24 million of crypto, I don't know, man, maybe buy yourself three or four ledgers. The ones you're not using today, maybe just put a couple here, a couple there, you know, like put a quarter of it here, a quarter of it there. Yikes. Anyway, that's crazy stuff. Be careful out there, guys. Don't lose your crypto. 2023, it's not the year to lose your crypto, man. We got, we got a big run coming up, hopefully, soon-ish, within a year, year and a half. Markets could be very, very different than they are today. So don't get chopped up trying to chase whatever you're trying to chase. Don't approve weird contracts. Okay, there we go. That's your, that's your uh, public service announcement for today, guys. Don't be a fool, wrap your tool. Okay. <laughs>